It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Walter Storholt with you here alongside Brian Doe on Make the Dough Rise. Brian, what's going on with you this week? I'm firing up the pizza oven. I've got some Italian buffalo mozzarella coming, and we are Ooh. going to be making some of the best pizzas in the Lake Country area. Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about stretch IRAs and the kind of uh, big deal that's been proposed that might change this really utilized financial element. But before we get to that, now my stomach's grumbling and I'm hungry. Uh, we need to bring up the fact that the name of the show is Make the Dough Rise. Your last name, obviously, is spelled a little bit differently, but still pronounced dough. And we're talking about stretch IRAs today. And you're well known in the community for being a big pizza guy so uh i love how all this ties together by the way yeah it was just fun I've, and and you've got a, I've, I've also got three young girls so those are also my my does and <laughs> our backyard is filled with with deer or baby deer so we've got doe 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 and doe four ways two different spellings there's like five and, layers uh, to this analogy or this uh you know this this reference this is great well we've either worn it out or it's apt <laughs> No, I like it a lot. I think it's very apt. And uh, for those who don't know, I mean, it, it's true. You're the pizza guy around town. You've, I understand you've got a, an outdoor oven in the backyard and you're famous for your pizza parties. Yeah, we've, I've, I've been making pizzas really since I was a teenager, but we've got a 2,000-pound brick pizza oven, true Neapolitan-style pizzas. So the Make the Dough Rise title was actually the name of our events, and it has we've just carried it on to the podcast because it's it it fits with money obviously everybody wants to make the dough their portfolio mm-hmm. rise and uh i've got a good sourdough starter culture and i do a a long slow rise for my pizza dough. So if anybody's interested in the pizza dough recipe, uh, we're going to have that available as well. Well, I think what we need to do is definitely on a future episode, we'll just have it not be about finances. We'll just have it be all about pizza. I'd love to just learn all about the process. So we'll do a bonus episode sometime where it's just all pizza. So I, I do have a presentation where I outline how portfolios are exactly like pizza. It's fun. And it's it's entertaining and it's it's right on the spot. So yeah, we'll we'll save that one for later. See, we'll still even get our financial tie in at the end of the at the end of the pizza. Exactly. Exactly. Well, there's a little bit of background for you on how the show got its name. But what about these stretch IRAs? Uh, let's talk a little bit about them. And the proposal, I guess, here, Brian, is to eliminate the stretch IRA. Um, tell us what's kind of going on in the background here. And I guess we need kind of a baseline of what is this financial term or strategy. Sure. One of the presentations that I've been doing the longest, probably since uh, early 2002, is the new stretch IRA provisions. Uh, Congress standardized the distribution calculation for IRAs, one, to make it simpler uh, on one hand, but also to make it enforceable. They had a real problem with the complexity of the rules in that it was impossible to find out if people were actually complying but by making sure people were compliant, they were able to penalize you for doing it wrong. So I've been talking for you know 18 years about how to properly do IRA distributions for yourself, for your spouse. And then if you name beneficiaries correctly, your beneficiaries could stretch your IRA over their life expectancy to age 85. And it was staggering the amount of money that you could make a what seemed like a modest IRA balance, one drawn out over this long time period and with a reasonable growth rate, 
it turned into uh, very uh, substantial amounts of money for you, your surviving spouse, and your beneficiaries. What has happened is Congress is, and the federal government is desperate for funds to pay for all of the Social Security benefits, Medicare benefits, Medicaid, veterans benefits, never mind all of the other budget items that they've got to cover. So interestingly, what they've come up with is, uh, I'm going to draw a parallel to what they did with the recent tax reform. They give with one hand, and they take with the other. Hmm. And what they give with one hand looks appealing enough that everybody says, hey, look, we got a tax cut uh, tax rates have going da- are, have gone down, and uh, what they didn't really point out was that they did away with the exemptions. You, they raised the standard deductions, they raised the lower uh, the the tax rates with recent tax reform, but they did away with your exemptions. So they give with one one hand, they take away with the other, and it's not obvious that the uh, recent tax reform was advantageous or not. Well, now what has hit the floor in the House is a very cleverly named piece of legislation called the SECURE Act. That sounds good. That sounds pleasant, right? We want to be secure. Yeah, I was going to say, you you want to be secure, right? (laughs) Yes. And and what the SECURE Act does, well, it's an acronym for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. Wow. Sounding great, right? Yeah, everything's great. Everybody's getting a good retirement is what I, my mental takeaway is there. Here's your cue that it's not good for you. It passed across party lines 417 to 3. One of the a, what a great bipartisan bill. <laughs> very very bipartisan and and uh, almost unanimously passed. Well, uh, that's because Congress likes and needs Money. They, they need funds. So what this SECURE Act does is there's a bone in it for you. They You don't have to start taking IRA distributions until you turn 72. You used to have to start taking them at 70 and a half. So now they have delayed the time in which you have to start taking mandatory distributions by a year and a half. Sound good? Sounds good. That gives us more time to plan and hold on to our money, right? That's where the good ends. The legislation also eliminates, or or I should say eliminates, it dramatically shortens the amount of time that your non-spousal beneficiaries will have to stretch out the withdrawals on your IRA from lifetime to age 85 down to 10 years. Now, this is all still in the proposed stage, and and none of this has been finalized, but it's scary how popular this is and how quickly something like this could actually become law. These laws have remained relatively unchanged for 20 years, the the stretch IRA and IRA distribution rules. And now, all of a sudden, almost in the dead of the night, they've got something that uh, is a bit of a Trojan horse. It, it has a little bit of a benefit where you get to delay your your IRA distributions, but your children are going to have to dramatically accelerate the distribution of their IRA. So let me talk about who this is really going to impact. Okay. If your children are successful, if your children, if you have children that are you know maybe in their their thirties, forties, fifties, and they're earning, maybe they have a two income household. They're in top tax brackets. 
Well, under a stretch provision, a half million dollar IRA would probably generate an, an eight or ten thousand dollar distribution. Under the proposed legislation, they're going to have to take fifty thousand dollars a year over ten years out of the IRA. So all of a sudden, when your your children have hit their peak earning years, and you've you think you've done this great thing by leaving them the IRA to stretch out over their lifetime, boom, they're going to have to take it in 10 years accelerated, and they're going to do it while they're likely in their top tax brackets. So the, oh, okay. So that's then the other caveat there, right? That it's not because the timing's being forced gives a lot less flexibility to those folks to be able to wait till later in life to potentially take those distributions when they're in the lower, the lower bracket. That's sort of like the inside baseball of it all, right? Yeah, and, and let me let me just, uh, if you don't mind, let me just dig into a, a, a number for as an example here. If you inherited an IRA, a million, and I'll just use a million dollars for a round number, uh, just just to make the math easy. If you inherited a million dollar IRA, and you were twenty five, let's call it twenty five years old, you've got sixty years that you could stretch out and draw on that IRA your mandatory distribution would be about 1.7, 1.8% of the account value. So a very small distribution, it's called $18,000, but if the account is growing by 7%, you've got more growth than you're taking out. So 10 years in, and this is under the old rules, 10 years in, you've taken your, your eighteen dollars to $20,000 a year distribution, and the account has now grown to about a million seven, roughly. Under the proposed legislation, that entire amount, that entire million dollars would have to be drawn out over a 10-year time period. It could be done in a, you know, maybe you know, 10% a year, $100,000 a year has to come out. You're drawing it out so quickly, it's not going to have that chance to continue to grow tax-deferred. And again, all of that money is hitting the beneficiary's tax return as taxable income. Again, if they're making $100,000, $200,000 a year, all of that money is going to end up in those higher tax brackets. They're a little bit lower right now, but uh, if you've read the book, if you've uh, looked at the online course, we've made the case that the, the strain coming on Social Security, on Medicare, and all of these government programs is going to lead to higher taxes. And really, that's at the bottom of what this proposed legislation is doing. They've had, you've been putting all this money into tax deferred accounts with the idea that you've got tax deductions today and tax deferral in the future. Well, Congress doesn't want to wait until your beneficiaries are age 85 to draw all that tax revenue from these tax deferred accounts. This is a for lack of a better word, or maybe a sneaky or not so sneaky way of accelerating the access to their portion of your IRAs and 401ks. Given this uh, legislation in the context of all the other things that we've seen in the news lately, you know, with certain political uh, folks talking about, you know, different, uh, you know, really, really high top tax rates, you know, getting back to the 70, 80 percent tax rate days and uh, all the conversation about possible tax hikes in the future, knowing that the recent cuts, you know, aren't going to last forever. Um, all the different programs that could be implemented uh, in the future that are just going to continue to kind of hurt 
hurt the national debt and and cause even more need for taxes to be collected now and uh, more aggressively. A lot of people probably have some concern, have some worry that maybe they feel a little. I don't know. I kind of get this feeling, Brian, like I'm 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 being pinched a little bit, right? I'm being I'm being pushed into a corner. I'm being pinched or squeezed a little bit from this tax perspective. Is there something somebody can do if they're kind of feeling that mindset uh, to kind of maybe take away that worry or at least address the worry? Sure. the The, the case we're making is that under the current tax reform, we are at the lowest tax rates that we've been in recent history. If you go back to World War II, top tax rates hit the 70% range to pay for the war. That was a extreme time and extreme measure and, and arguably worth, worth paying for. But if you look at the analysis today, we're $22 trillion in debt during a boom economy. We have $109 trillion of unfunded liabilities for uh, all the entitlement programs, and we don't have anything on reserve to pay for those. They're going to have to raise taxes to pay for all of these programs because they're unable to pay for them now uh, under the, the, the current tax structure in a boom economy. If we have any sort of uh, financial crisis, setback, we need monetary stimulus or the, the federal government to step in and do any type of bailout. The resources aren't there now. And we have a wave of baby boomers that are going to be coming into or have been coming into and will continue to come into retirement. People are living longer. Uh, pensions are underfunded. There's a whole host of issues. I won't go into all of those because those are all obviously in the book. But um, if we were to see debt ratios hit or exceed the levels that we did during World War II, one might argue that maybe 70% tax rates are in the future. It came up in the presidential debates. It's been talked about by uh, you know certain elected officials that are in the House, uh, House of Representatives mostly. But uh, if, if you watch the uh, Democratic debates, it was proposed as, you know, we, we should be the party of 70% tax rates. So... If those types of tax rates were to be impacted again, you have to go back to the logic of why you use a tax-deferred account or, or an IRA or 401k in the first place. The logic is if, if you are earning in a higher tax bracket today, putting money into a 401k makes sense if you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future. Well, if you have money in a 401k or an IRA, and maybe you're, maybe you're retired or about to retire, you've got a couple of options available. You could opt for Roth contributions if your employer plan allows it. You could do Roth conversions. If you're early in retirement, maybe in your early to mid 60s and you haven't started drawing social security yet, there's some tremendous opportunities to do Roth conversions and move that money out of tax deferred buckets where money's going to come out and be taxed as income, move it to a tax-free bucket. And that that's really what we're looking at is ways to get people to get more money into categories of, of assets that are going to be tax-free in the future. So the good news is there are some solutions. It's not all doom and gloom, but it, it takes decision-making. It takes some action now. I, I think if, there, if there's doom and gloom, it's the potential for doom and gloom in the future. And 
while while there's no certainty around that, the writing is is on the wall, and uh, you you have to take it seriously. The good news is, if you will pull your head out of the sand and and not uh, ignore it, and you you have to turn conventional wisdom on its head a little bit because all of the things that we have been told, and all of the rules of thumb about 401ks and the and tax deductions today that that may get turned on its head and and be untrue if rates are dramatically higher in the future. So I'm not advocating that you do 100% of any one strategy. My best advice is to diversify, just like you would diversify a portfolio and have uh, multiple stocks, multiple asset classes, things that don't work in correlation, do the same thing with your taxes. Have some money in a regular uh, brokerage account. Have some money in IRAs and 401ks. Have some money in in Roths and health savings accounts. If you have the luxury, there's some other vehicles out there that that we can talk about later. But for for pretty much everyone out there, there are a few steps that they could take in the right direction to position themselves so that they're balanced in in the account structures that they've got where they have some you know if, if they need the tax deductions today obviously that's a calculation that has to be made at a, at an individual level but if you can utilize Roth Roth 401k's Roth conversions that is a great first step for for a lot of people well i know that if you are already working with uh, Brian Doe and the team at Living Worth Wealth Advisors uh, you're probably you know well addressed when it comes to these situations and and probably have already talked about some of these solutions in place if you've gone through the full planning process but if you're new to the show if you're new to Brian and you want to find out a little bit more about what it's like to work with the team you can go check out livingworth.com uh, look at the video on the home page learn a little bit more about Brian and how we got to this point livingworth.com. That's also where we're going to be putting all of the podcasts, uh, the, the first episodes up there. You can listen to this episode. Maybe you already are on livingworth.com. That's where all future episodes will be as well and the ways that you can subscribe on your favorite podcasting apps, all those relevant links available to you there on the website. In the description of today's show, we'll also put a link to where you can go read Brian's most recent book. Uh, go to retirementrescue.net for that, or again, just check the link Uh, in the description of today's program. And if you want to schedule that time to meet with Brian, you can do that by giving a call to 706-451-9800. You can schedule a 15-minute free phone call to talk about your financial life and about your retirement future as well. Find out if you might be a good fit to work with Brian and some of the issues that you might need to address. 706-451-9800, or you can schedule that time to meet on the website as well. Brian, before we wrap up for the day, what would it look like if somebody calls for that 15-minute call? What will you address and discuss, and what's the process look like from there, sort of the the high-level view? If people want to prepare uh, beforehand, we have a quiz on our our website, and it's a uh, mindset scorecard, and it, it asks a number of questions about how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 on a, a, a number of questions and then overall about your financial security. If you've done that in advance, we could have a really nice conversation about uh, what things you could do, what are your uh, main areas to focus on, and and I would be happy to either get you in the right direction or let you know ways that uh, we could potentially uh, help. And then I could uh, elaborate a little bit on our process Obviously, no obligation and no cost to to do a a quick call like that. Would be happy to just make sure people are in the right direction, and that uh, to me that means as much as anything. 
Check the description of today's show for all the information you need on getting in touch and taking that quiz, checking out the book, and all the other things that we've mentioned on today's program. Well, Brian, thanks for giving us the uh, the skinny on the stretch IRA this week. I know it's uh, it's interesting to see what's happening, and obviously this is, uh, as you mentioned, just proposed legislation. It's in the process right Correct. now, so yeah. we may need to do a follow-up episode at some point if it uh, you know fully comes to fruition. Well, and, and it's put it on your radar because these things are happening faster than expected. The rules that are in place, like I said, have been there for 20 years. Now, all of a sudden, you know, very quickly, they've done this with uh, Social Security claiming strategies. Uh, obviously, tax reform, uh, once it happened, happened quickly. And these things can, can shift and change. So the best laid plans of yesteryear could be obsolete today. It's a great point. Good to make that one, Brian, for sure. Well, thank you so much for taking the time out to join us on today's show. For Brian Doe, I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you on the next episode, next edition of Make the Doe Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.